Jamie. Welcome to the Canine Cooperative Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Jamie. And Sabrina. And tonight we're going to be talking about a really special topic because this is one of the 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 gems that we we deliver to the people that we work with with their dogs that is really a cornerstone of the training programs that we create for them that honestly it's it's the simplest fix but it makes the the most massive changes yes right off the bat right off the bat in their everyday life it's it's the first thing when everybody comes to my program it's the first meeting we have it's what we talk about and even in our workshops together this is the first topic we hit yep. when we talk about in our workshops together about how to make radical change in your relationship with your dog um, before we even get into the technical part of training. Like yes. before we even talk about behavior or state of mind or anything like that or rehabilitation or aggression or whatever, this concept that we're going to be talking about tonight is something that lays the foundation for all of the other stuff to follow because this hooks into the natural programming that your dog already has in their system by just being a dog. Correct. And it, it implementing this kind of stuff is what's going to perform a reset yeah. in your lives together and in your dog. Yeah. So Jamie was saying that this is something that we do with our clients. This is what we base our workshop on. This is what we base our board and trains on. So much so that we've developed full programs around just this topic. Yeah. So what we are talking about is something called biorhythm. And what a biorhythm is, is it's a rhythmic cycle that a being naturally goes through. Mm. So for dogs, what this looks like, and for dogs, what I mean is, this is what would happen in their life if there was no human intervention. Yeah, so going what, back to the wild golden doodles of the mountains. Yes, the, the woes wild golden doodles. <laughs> <laughs> so the, what this looks like, and, the, and what's important to note here is that this manifests itself in your home completely differently, but you'll see the overlap here. Mm -hmm. So in the wild, those wild golden doodles. Yes. In the wild, what a dog would do is get up from sleeping. First of all, they would get a lot of rest. Okay. They would get a lot of rest because they need to recover energy. Mm -hmm. Dogs in human households, human, like living amongst humans, typically do not get a lot of rest. They are overstimulated, they're yeah. over-talked to, they're over-touched. We're, we're creating a, adrenaline junkies that and don't know how to settle. And we're also that also comes into play with the mentality that most people think a tired dog is a happy dog. So they overstimulate Correct. their dogs where, where, yes, they're trying to get them tired, but like you said, they created a adrenaline, adrenaline junkie where yep. it's like, all right, well, you need to play Frisbee. And if you're not playing Frisbee, you need to chew the bone and you have this and then we need to do that. And then we need to do the blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. So your dog is never having any time to like settle down and recharge their batteries because they're going, I, I constantly need to be stimulated. I constantly need to be like in a state of arousal or ready mm-hmm. to go or anything like that. So in our human lives and whether you're doing that to your dog or not, 
the the daily activity, the daily motion and energy in which we live our lives is very high. So we're coming and going and we're moving and we're chasing and we're we're doing the things. We're coming in from work. We're getting the kids ready. We have to get dinner ready. We have all of these things we have to do. Lots of stimulation. Yeah, and your dog gets kind of caught up in that and just kind of goes like with the flow of energy, which is very high in the household. And then you, you have a dog who doesn't know how to settle down, which then overflows into behavior issues like barking out the window, stealing the socks, counter surfing, like all of the things. So when we talk about biorhythm, we, we often talk about it with people in the sense of like, we need to reset your dog to factory standard settings. Right. So this is already programmed in your dog's DNA. And it's something that's lost when we bring them into the home because over the years, humans have lost the concept of what it looks like organically to live with. Or be a dog. Or be a dog. Yeah. Like to live with dogs. And when we say live with dogs, we don't mean that as like dogs are a lesser being. It's just they have a different programming, a different DNA set, a different instinct, a different culture than we have. So... When we, when we bring any dogs into our program or we start working with clients or we need to rehabilitate anything, we talk about, all right, we need to reset the pattern in which your dog lives their life. So what, Sabrina, what is that pattern? What does that look like on a daily basis? So we started chatting about rest and how, again, like dogs become overstimulated because they're not getting enough of it. And so going back into, you know, the wild golden doodle, mm. um, they would typically get up from rest and then move. And the reason why they need to move is because they need to find food. They mm. need life-sustaining stuff. Yeah. And so they are using their energy to help find food, help cure boredom, help claim territory. So all of these things that your dog is naturally doing in a wild, like a quote, big air quotes, a wild setting, you know, yeah. that gets transferred into your house, that movement phase of stuff. And so what you were saying before, all of those behavior issues, all of the counter surfing, seeking things out, barking out the window, um, the things that the dog would naturally be doing in the in the environment has now manifested itself into these things in your environment but they're literally driving you nuts well they're driving you nuts but they're sustaining the things that the dog would naturally be doing right right so, like your dog wakes up out of the crate first thing in the morning or wakes up from sleeping with you overnight and they're like all right well i've rested i refu refueled my body i'm ready to go what are we doing and you're like well i gotta get ready for work and take a shower and get the kids out to camp or to school or whatever and your dog's like okay, well, let's move and explore the world. So, you know, I'm kind of bored and um, I need to make sure our territory is safe because this is what I have to do. This is what my instincts are doing. So I'm going to bark at the window of that person walking their dog, territory safe, check. And then I'm going to like <laughs> make sure that there's food. So I know that there's scraps of toast on the counter. So I'm going to get that check. And then, you know, I'm, I'm kind of bored and everybody's running around. And I know if I grab this shoe, everybody's going to get up and scream and chase me. So that fixes that check. Yep. So like all of those things, like your dog's behaving this way because 
their little their literal DNA, their instinctual pattern is pushing them towards those behaviors. And then you feed their dog, they refuel it, but then what the missing piece to this is a lot of people miss is that that after that they need a period of rest. Mm-hmm. So they're not channeling their dogs into appropriate movement. They're not channeling their dogs into appropriate rest. And so the dog is just left to their own devices to make it up. So that's why in my program we call it, and I know you call this this too, is the biorhythm reset. Mm-hmm. We need to reset your dog's normal pattern of how they live their life. Because every day is like Groundhog Day. They, re- they wake up, they repeat it. They do it again. And you're like, check, check, check. Yep. I've done all the things. Yep. Like, this is it's what like I It's like your do. dog's job. Yeah. Right? Like, they get up and we all, like, and watch yourself. Be very conscious of, of what you do day to day. Because I promise you, you have a pattern as well. Oh, I do. I'm like, I wake up. I Well, first I pee. <laughs> right? That's Before right. you wake up? Before, right. <laughs> so, like, I wake up and I'm like, I gotta pee. So, I gotta pee. And then it's like, I brush my teeth. I do this without thinking, right? Like, I, I, I pee. And that's what starts happening to your dog. I brush my teeth. And then I walk right over to that coffee pot. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, brew, baby, brew. And, like, before, I, like, mm-hmm. I can't even function before that. And then it's like, I go into my day and just, like, in the middle of the day, like, I always know when it's 2.50. And I'm like, man, I could use a cup of coffee. Because at three o'clock every day, when that during the school year, my kid's bus would show mm-hmm. up at three ten, so I'd pour myself a cup of, cup of coffee at three o'clock and wait for the bus. Yes. So like that. Check 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 check. Yeah, that's just the pattern, and I'm not even consciously thinking about. Oh, it's I need to brew my cup of coffee. It's just a craving that hits me. Like and I'm so, just like I need to do this. So we have these patterns as well that we move through our day, and so your dog just organically comes up with this stuff on their own and a lot of times and this is what drives people nuts it comes up in a way that drives us nuts (laughs) exactly there's healthy patterns of behavior and then there's unhealthy patterns of behavior the difference is is you may be irishing up that coffee at 2 p.m right versus a dog (laughs) versus a dog that's actually just doing normal dog stuff it's not like your dog is like you know hitting the bar yeah something like that you know your dog is actually doing dog things Mm -hmm. i always say like unless your dog's like meowing like yeah congratulations you have a dog yeah so these are the things that that start to unravel just naturally because that's what they do yeah in your relationship with your dog so when we talk about biorhythm your dog has pattern something already mm-hmm. which is driving you nuts correct right and then that brings people to trainers they're like oh he steals shoes oh he counter surfs mm-hmm. oh he barks at the window oh, he's guarding socks he's guarding bully sticks he, like whatever the case may be the first thing we do is we go all right we need to put some parameters we need to reset your dog's behavior pattern and this is how we're going to do that so the first thing we tell everybody to do is like, all right, well, we've got to create a structure where your dog can rest. Super important. And I think this actually, I don't think I know this. When people start doing this, they're like, wow, that's a lot of crate time. Yeah. They get very, very caught up in that's a lot of crate time. Mm-hmm. And it's not because 
dogs actually sleep most of the day or they should. And that's the problem. That lack of sleep, that constantly being on all the time, constantly being stimulated, constantly being interacted with. Puts your dog on edge. It puts them on edge. Nervousness, Mm -hmm. aggression, crankiness, over arousal, all of those behavior issues come to the surface because they are not well rested. No. Right? It's the same reason why you put your kids down for a nap. Yeah. Right? Rest is healthy and Mm -hmm. it's being removed in this artificial environment that the dog is living in, which is your home. Yeah. And Sabrina just mentioned the crate, which is an important piece to this um, that we should talk about in depth at another time, but putting if your dog does is not organically resting throughout the night or throughout the day they're not laying down or even if they are laying down they're still on edge they're popping up at every noise mm-hmm. they're following you from room to room that kind of stuff having your dog a safe space where they can go and shut the door and kind of decompress and 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 actually rest get a good REM cycle that's what yeah. we're talking about is an important piece to this. We're not just talking about your dog being still. We're talking about your dog actually having a good amount of rest, like full restorative rest. That's a key piece to this. And having a crate where they can be physically confined and like be able to shut the world out and and be quiet is kind of like you or I going into our bedroom, closing the door, putting a sound machine on Mm -hmm. and being able to kind of decompress in a way that's healthy. So when we talk about the crate, we're not talking about shove the dog in the box, clang, you're in prison. We're talking about creating a space and a time where your dog knows this is where I can actually restore my energy. Mm -hmm. So... Using the crate as a period of rest is a good piece to this because a lot of times our dogs get so addicted to movement and the energy in the house that they can't settle down. It, and they get swept up in it. Yeah, it'd be kind of like me trying to take a nap or getting a full night's rest in the middle of the living room when my kids are playing. I just can't do it right. because they're they're talking to me or like they're doing something where I'm like, yeah, that's not okay. I gotta do that. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, like I can't, I can't rest when they're around because I'm like, all right, somebody's gonna die over here. Don't do that. Don't bite your sister. Like all this kind of stuff. Well, you're, you're overstimulated. Yes, I'm right? overstimulated. You have to be a and the, the important the the important part of actually having a space for your dog in your home also allows the other things in the home to go on around your dog so that starts to become background noise as well yeah. and not something that your dog always has to be high alert about like, or ha- actively in, engaged with. correct yeah so rest okay yeah. step one rest teach your dog how to rest step two the movement phase yeah so we've mentioned that when our dogs get up from rest they start to move what they do in that time frame um hunt cure boredom Mm -hmm. claim territory we discussed how that manifests itself in your home it's generally stuff you don't want to have happen yeah counter surfing stealing things barking out the window all the naughtiness That stuff becomes those unhealthy patterns of behavior that your dog checks off all day long. So after you take your dog from your crate, 
I want you to do something that has purpose and intention with your mm. dog. Show them what to do in the environment. So if that looks like, hey, let's like go work on some like leash handling stuff for a little yeah. bit, right? Or let's go outside and like throw the ball or whatever, or, or training or tricks or obedience yeah. or whatever it is, you are taking your dog and you are pulling them out of rest and when they're going into movement you're creating new patterns of behavior so eventually yeah those become mm -hmm. strengthened yeah and like this is the time like this biorhythm that we're talking about with uh, a period of rest moving into a period of activity we're giving your dog the expectation that that their needs are going to be met so my need for rest is going to be met there's a time and a place for all of these things. So like my need for rest is gonna be met, my need for movement and mental engagement is gonna be met. And it also is a very like relationally fulfilling moment for your dog. Not for like, and for you as well, because a lot of times I find that owners are like breaking off a piece for a lack of a better term. They're, they're reacting to their dogs, not relating to their dogs. Correct. Oh, that's, there's a podcast. Right. So like <laughs> they're, they're reacting to their dog's behavior and what they're doing instead of like relating to their dogs on a level. So a, a lot of that guilt you feel about putting your dog in a crate for rest yes. is directly related to the fact that you're not spending quality intentional time fulfilling your dog's relational needs. Mm -hmm. So this period of activity should be like, and we're not talking about four hours here. It yeah. can be 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45, two hours, whatever you have, where you're going, I'm gonna set things aside and I'm going to walk my dog, work on training, do something my dog loves, whether that's hiking or fetch or, or frisbee or, or find it or search and rescue, agility, whatever that is. I'm gonna spend time just me and my dog building our relationship, doing that activity movement piece. So we're draining our dog's energy, not just physically, but mentally and we're- And productively. And productively. We're like filling that education piece. And again, we're not talking about four hours here. We're talking about just intentional time that can be 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45, five hours, whatever you've got for your dog. After that period of rest, you're moving into an intentional period of activity where you're fulfilling your dog's physical and mental need to be challenged and moved. And then after that, we move into the, f the physical fulfillment, which is food. Which is food, which is what your dog would seek out in the... Um, activity period. Right, exactly. In the wild. Yeah. <laughs> so they would be looking either to, um, you know, find nourishment or cure boredom. And that, mm -hmm. so that's why we have chew toys for our dogs. That's yeah. why we have these, these, um, mentally engaging and enriching interactive yeah. toys snuffle mats kongs um puzzle toys yeah there's no there's nobody standing outside with a bowl of food for your dog you know they have yeah. to look for it and so when we remove that that piece yeah there's a huge portion of their life that just went away yeah and um so the fulfilling the the eating portion of the cycle looks like either 
using food while you're working with your dog yeah. if you're mm -hmm. training or working on some sort of engagement exercises where food is appropriate you can utilize your dog's food for that so they're moving and eating at the same time and yeah. they're getting their meals and kind of drips and drabs which is what would happen naturally and um, the other option is to give them their food in an interactive food toy. So I call that the babysitter, right? Yeah. You don't have the additional time, but you make some pretty um, creative options for your dog to eat from. You can add an extra 30, 60 minutes onto your dog's activity, both mentally and physically throughout yeah. the day without having to do anything. So that's a perfect time for you to like get ready for work maybe, you know, yeah. something like that where your dog is engaging themselves. So the babysitter. Or you can give your dog something to chew on, bully stick, whatever it is, frozen Kong. And that's actually, me personally, how I like to re-enter dogs back into rest is I will take that chew item and, you know, just a, an interactive uh, situation where they're not really actively moving. Like some yeah. of these toys, they're like batting it all over the place. Mm -hmm. But like something that they can like sit down and chew on, sit down and focus on. I actually put them back in their confinement area with that so they can do that behavior and then naturally go back into a state of rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the cycle starts then again. The cycle starts over. And the great thing about biorhythm, which just to recap is rest, activity, feeding, rest. That cycle, you can move through that once a day, 10 times a day. Times don't matter. Mm -hmm. The order of events matter. And, and that's an important piece to remember, whether you've got it twice a day, once a day, whatever, so that you can get a, a handle and, and what, it, what it produces in your dog is that when you get this down after a couple of days of doing this, you'll notice that after your period of activity, your dog organically seeks out rest. Yes. They, they go to lay down, they go to their crate, they go to their bed, and they're like, all right, this is, this is my time to rest. And you're like... As opposed to a lot of our clients that we work with, they're like, I just walked my dog for 45 minutes and they came in and they had zoomies around the house. Yeah. Or like we just hiked for four hours and they came in and slept for 20 minutes and they were up and they're like, what are we doing now? And they're like counter surfing and they're like barking mm -hmm. out the window. And because you're shaping these behaviors so they go on autopilot. And yeah. this is how you create a dog that goes, oh, no one's interacting with me. I guess I'm just going to go take a load off. I'll just wait until it's my time. Exactly. Because you're, f you're, you're filling all of your dog's needs. It also takes the question out of you. So if your dog comes up to you and like a lot of times your dogs will come up to you and look at you and whine or bark or and you're like, what do you need, Fluffy? Mm -hmm. Like, what's going on? What can I do for you? And your dog doesn't know they're just looking for engagement because their basic needs have not yet been met. Mm-hmm. So... It takes that question of what your dog needs out because you're like, oh, you've had your rest, you've had your activity, you've been fed, and obviously there's potty breaks in between there. You don't need anything. Go, go lay down. It's rest time. It's rest like, time. Mm -hmm. Like you're overstimulated. You, you, need to, you need to go in your crate or here, have this. So it takes that question out for you as well. And it, it also takes the anxiety off of your dog of when am I going to get what I need? And that's, that is the important factor right there is that is the number one way to affect just mental change in your dog yeah. because dogs are so 
structure and routine oriented. Absolutely. That when they don't have that stuff, mm -hmm. they go into these states of panic. They yeah. don't know what's coming next yeah. and they become trigger happy almost at, in reactivity. Absolutely. So like I, the way I learned about this was actually when I was managing the municipal shelter was the shelter environment is so super structured, right? Everything happens at the same time because it's all done in shifts, right. whether employees or volunteers come. So the morning shift was like 8 to 12, and then the evening shift was like 4 to 6. But I'd be there all day doing everything that I needed to do. So it would be around 8 o'clock. You'd hear the dogs barking when you pulled up. They heard the cars come up. They'd, they'd wake up, and they'd start barking. And then everybody would wake up. They'd go outside. They'd move their body. They'd come in. They'd eat. And then they would get walks, training, interaction, adoption hours, whatever. 12 o'clock came. Whether we were running later, the lights went out or not, all the dogs would be quiet and go lay down mm -hmm. because they knew, okay, this was my nap time. Then around like 3.30, 3.45, you'd start to hear them wake up and stir around in their kennels and whatever. And then the cycle would start over. They'd wake up. We'd move their bodies. They'd go out. They'd go to the bathroom. They'd move a little bit. They'd come in. They'd have dinner ready. They'd do a little training. And then 6 o'clock on the nose, mm -hmm. whether I was there late or not, every dog would shut up. Everyone settled. Everyone settled down. Yep. Whether the lights were on or off. Because that was... And that's an amazing feat yeah. in a shelter. So, like, that was their order of their events that they moved through the day. And then what would happen was is that as the dogs went home, this is in the beginning when I, when I was just learning about all this stuff, the dogs would go home. I'd get calls from owners that adopted dogs out of the shelter, like, we're having all these issues. What's going on? And I'm going, well, these people, well-intentioned, they're like, oh, my God, I just sprung this dog from yes. prison. I want to give them a fabulous life. They opened up the front door of the home and didn't have any structure. The dog didn't know where to go to the bathroom, so they were having accidents in the house, even though they were potty trained. Mm -hmm. They didn't know when they were going to eat, so there was anxiety around food. They didn't know where to go to rest. They didn't know when they were going to move their body. They didn't know when their owners were coming back from work. The, the entire pattern in which they they built their life on the reliability of I know what's coming and I know my needs are going to be met at this time in this way changed and it caused a lot of anxiety in the dogs so then I started to switch people when they come home I'm like listen your dog's used to a regimen mm -hmm. a structure you can't just open up the front door and give them all this freedom. They're going to freak out. They're going to flounder. They're going to drown. And it's the way that people, human beings, internalize security. Yeah. Right? We need love. We need affection. We need, you know, freedom. All those kinds of things. And that's how we feel more secure. But a dog really thrives in I need to know what comes next. Yeah. Yeah. And when that, the neat thing about this um, cycle is that you can go from a shelter environment and then just boop, plug it right into the home. Yeah. And keep that ball rolling, which is exactly what dogs do when they leave our board and train. And yes. long before as well, this is something that we teach people before the dog even comes in because it's so effective, but it continues on. And so when the dog goes from that into another environment that has that exact same structure, they're like, okay, the environment's different. 
but the expectations are the same. The routine is the same. Mm -hmm. And like, this is why, and again, you can liken it. People are, are not far off the mark. Mm -mm. You can like it to somebody who gets out of the military or like it's somebody who gets out of prison. Yeah. Right? Where they have a lot of time re-entering the free world because the structure in which they live the life, the daily order in, of events in which they lived life. And there's people that really thrive on that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, they, they need that structure to to give them a bearing throughout their day, which a lot of dogs do. So when we're working on rehabilitating behavior issues, we just start with, all right, you're going to get everything you need in this order of events. So the dog goes, well, that's at least one thing I don't have to worry about. Right. I know exactly what's coming and when. And so this biorhythm can can massively, like like we said earlier, this is... The first thing we talk about in the workshop that we host together, this is the first thing we address with owners when they come to us into our programs before even the dog comes for the boarding train. Like first session, I did a first session today for a dog that's coming for a boarding train in October. And like, this is what we talked about. I'm like, your dog's a nervous Nelly. You need to create some structure, some patterns, some order of events. And, and, all of the feedback I get from all the owners is it's amazing how much more relaxed my dog is. Yep. Just by following rest, activity, food, rest. And that's it. That's the secret sauce, guys. Yeah. That's the biorhythm. And you can follow that cycle, like period of activity, period of rest throughout your day, all day, every day. And your dog will start to relax and ease into it, and it'll solve a, a ton of problems even before the training starts. And what I think is really cool with people that have busy households and maybe have a lot of people in and out of the dog's life, mm. as far as family members, you know what the next thing is. You don't even need to talk or communicate with each other, right? Because if the dog is not in his crate, he's out moving with someone. If he's in his crate in your home, you know you need to take the dog out and move with him. And then put him back in when you're done with a bone or maybe food if it's mealtime. So this isn't even something like you don't even need to have this like ongoing, like crazy plan with your family. It's, yeah. it's pretty just cut and dry. Yeah. And the dog just cycles through the stuff and again it doesn't matter the time frame that it happens it's just the order yeah that's the it. order of events that's all your dog is following so i hope this was helpful for you guys to kind of help reset your relationship with your dog and how you live with your dog and 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 lay a good foundation like we both said this is how we start with every dog we work with we start just resetting this biorhythm to get them on this pattern of activity, rest, activity, rest, until it becomes a pattern for the dog to follow where they're doing it organically without our guidance. Um, but if you like this podcast, if you're getting value out of this, please subscribe, please share with friends. Especially this episode. Yeah. This is a game changer. It absolutely is. Like like Sabrina said, this is the secret sauce. This is This is the magic. This is where we get so much massive change in our workshops and our programs and in what we do with our clients. This is the cornerstone that lays the foundation for everything we do moving forward. So um, I hope you guys got value out of this. I hope you guys share this with friends and um, please come back next time because we'll be sh talking about a lot more stuff that hopefully helps you and your dog have a better life together.
All right. Well, have a good night. You too, guys. Bye-bye.